Hey guys, and welcome to Straight to Amp, a Winnipeg music podcast. I am Brian. I am joined, as always, with DC and Alex. Uh, today we are joined on air, I guess, whatever you want to call it, by Riley from the Village Idiots. Dude, how are you? Live and in person. I'm very good. How are you? Man, we're, we're kicking it. It's hot. <laughs> it is hot. It's hot. Little, the Roslyn doesn't have air conditioning, so everyone knows. Before we start talking about it, the Roslyn has no air conditioning and no heat. But uh, we make do in here somehow. <laughs> bring the heat. Yeah, yeah you guys can bring it. <laughs> so we're trying, we're trying, we're trying. So it's 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 really like a huge privilege to be to be sitting here in the Roslyn uh, of all places. This is like you know this is this is such a iconic Winnipeg music venue, right? Like just in I don't know if it's a music venue. I know that I know that you know the, you call it, the, right? the thing in relation to music that I know is Burton Cummings used to live in this building, and we don't know where. And he lived with our, our buddy's uh, dad, Gary McLean. Our buddies, uh, the McLean brothers, uh, their father was from McLean and McLean, and they supposedly lived in here for like 10, 20 years or something like that. And there's so there's like folklore about you know Burton Cummings. I think that's the musical part. Other than that, it's like rich people from like 110 years ago. I don't really know who they were or anything, and it's so crazy how far it's come in 110 years because now it's like this like arty type building because they called it character building and it's like we're the music side of the building I think but I'm, I know there's musicians in the building as well right on right on oh, there's definitely a vibe in here you feel it when you come in the building oh yeah and I mean like it's so the suites are huge like yeah. it's like <laughs> four miles down that way. yeah it's, it's crazy you guys have so much space to all sorts of room for activity <laughs> It's crazy. They actually have a rule you can't rollerblade in the hallway. And it's like, it's actually super funny that a place has to like come up with that rule. It's like you specifically cannot rollerblade in this place because everybody would because that hallway is so huge. I mean, I'd say anything about skateboarding. Yeah, Yeah, skateboarding's fine. I probably would. I mean, like, I would definitely just carry on my deck and just skate down the hallway, whatever. Yeah. Why not, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like, um, as far as, as, as the village idiots are going, like, like you guys have been banging on for a while. Like how did, how did that come about? And like, how, how do you, how are you feeling about the project as of current? Uh, well, essentially the village idiots is something that, um, came after many years of, of thought, you know, it's, it's essentially like, uh, it's a life, like I'm 33 years old. So it, it's a, it's a lifetime of thought put into who you want to be, what you want to do, where you want to go in life. And, uh, you know, Essentially, one of the biggest things that ended up happening is uh, we started shifting our focus from the desire to kind of own a venue. I think that was always the dream. It's like, I want to have a venue. I want to have a rock venue where bands play and stuff like that. And uh, me and my buddy Kevin, who's not here today, but he's also a village idiot, um, we would just always talk over years, uh, drinking a lot of beers and just kind of like, you know, figuring out what we want to do with life. And eventually we moved in here and we always wanted we always wanted to be in music. We always wanted to promote music and musicians. And we just, when we moved in here, we had so many after parties here and so many musicians come in here and play songs and we just over that summer this is two summers ago we just started evolving the 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 ideas and when that's when facebook live started and i saw facebook live and i was kind of like you know i I play music too and i would play a song and i'd post it and there'd be you know 500 views a thousand views i was like holy crap that's pretty crazy but you go to a lot of venues and the thing that became frustrating is i'd go see these amazing bands there's 50 people there and there's 100 people there and i'd be like man people got to see this stuff so putting that all together we just started to realize that the people that are here playing in our living room we're right in the heart of Winnipeg musicians everywhere around us it's easy to get them to come to our place let's just turn on a camera and then let's just show everybody on Facebook live so if people want to watch it live with us they can watch it live with us then the, it just really evolved from there but the actual village idiots I was sitting at Carlos and Murphy's with a bunch of these my buddies Jamie Buckborough from the Honey Sliders and Kevin Hogg from Bright Righteous and some other guys and we were just like I was just always 
you know, I talk a lot, obviously, and we're just talking about all the different ideas. And it just, it, I, I just like all of a sudden the village idiots just hit me living in the village and what the village idiots means. And it's really what we say about that is it's a, it's a collective, it's a community. It's everybody who wants to be a village idiot can be a village idiot. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's acceptance from your peers. It's, it's love from everyone around you. You know, it's a safe, it's a safe uh, group of people that you can hang out with and just spread love for, for mutual things like music. Yeah, I can definitely say that, like, live at the Roslyn, the village, it just kind of embodies just this whole community. I don't know, the vibe. Whenever I come down here, just it fits. And now you've got this, you've got your apartment, you've got this place that just took it to the next level where now being at the Roslyn, like, I always look at the Roslyn as when I pass by it as a kid, I'm like, oh, that's a <laughs> weird building. I hope yeah. I and then now I'm like, I need to go and check this place out. And, like, this is, it's, Hundred and hundred and ten years old. Ten years old. That's yeah, crazy. and what's crazy? It has the oldest elevator in Winnipeg on the other side of the building, and it's like it's pretty crazy, like super old, crazy looking elevator. But anyway, uh, that's our claim to fame in the building. Not not the village idiots. It's all about the elevator. But uh, <laughs> you know, when it comes down to uh, yeah, this this area, it, it's true. Even like the the managers that live in the building, like it's crazy. Everybody says, how can you have full bands play in your living room? They're not playing with acoustic guitars. They're full bands with full drums playing. Yeah, I was gonna ask. We you had Moontan freaking play. <laughs> like it's like you have these these heavy bands as well. You know, we're, we don't go too heavy, but like that's the line kind of. But uh, everybody says, how do you do that? Well, the neighbors are all aware that we do it. They all uh, party and they all are up late and like, I don't know, it's a pretty cool building. Like everyone is between like 18 and 35. There's no like families. There's no real older people. Um, there's, you know, there's no kids. Like there's no family. There's no like families with kids that you're pissing off. Like, and uh, in our show, we decided, my buddy Scott Miller came up with the idea when I was first talking about it. He said, do it Wednesdays at eight o'clock. He's like, nothing else happens Wednesdays at eight o'clock. And he's like, all, everybody's going to be available to watch it. You don't have to do it on a weekend. Don't do it at time when people are busy do it when they're just sitting at home doing nothing and uh and and then you know we're done at 9 9 15 so from our neighbor's perspective it's like it's quiet right after that so it's pretty cool do you guys kind of have that unwritten rule like like if you invite your neighbors everything stays kosher I don't know. I guess so. Yeah, we've definitely invited a bunch of neighbors, and like we would never say no to one. Like, you know, and we're also good people too. So when we walk the, walk the hallways, we definitely say, "Hey, how's it going?" And um, but yeah, anyone that wants to come, we're for sure. Like, we obviously have limited space. So if day of the show, you say, "Hey, can I come to the show tonight?" I'll be like, "Sorry, you can't." Like, or we have a very long list of people that want to come. As you see, there's we have about 15 people that can come watch the show live. So that's another super cool thing is that it it becomes uh, another show it's a live show in a living room and for other people it's a show on Facebook live the people that come we have new people every week we don't just have our friends every week we specifically have new people people we don't even know come every week and uh, we invite them for free to come they drink torque beer for free like it's a super cool experience uh, and uh, and they, it's just like it's an amazing thing to, it's like to, to morph the live music uh, in terms of like, you know, that you see in person, you're having a show every single Wednesday that people are coming and getting drunk at. And it's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, you're wearing an Alex Danilux shirt and it was kind of really cool. Uh, obviously not that he passed, but like to see how everyone, the music scene came together afterwards. 
And this is really just an extension of that, right? This is like yeah. the music Winnipeg scene just extending itself and becoming really strong and having a real feeling of togetherness. And you're facilitating that here, and that's such a cool thing. It totally is. And the story with that is that um, I never knew Alex Daniluk. I went to, uh, I first saw the revival like only like three, four years ago. And uh, I don't even know if he was the drummer at the time, but I don't know. It actually wouldn't have been because it was only three, four years ago. And uh, but I didn't know anything about them. And but then I was like, holy, these guys are really good. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. There we go. Obviously, we can. It's like, oh, are we on PBS right now? No, no, no. You're OK. This is a podcast. We're only in our seventh episode. You're all right. <laughs> uh, but uh, um, I uh, I went out. I, I like became a fan of the revival. Then I went to another revival show, and that was Shake and Bake with Attica Riots, yep. and that was at the Pyramid. And I was like, "Holy fuck! I've been missing out on the scene." Because like I'm from Transcona, and then I lived in Fort Richmond, and I didn't know this scene at all. And I was like, "Those two bands became my favorite immediately." I was like, "These guys are killer." And then uh, I went to their like after parties with them and stuff, and then we just became friends. And now. We're we're really good friends with those guys and uh then the whole alex d thing i just found out like i was like shocked and like like what they just went through recently after i met them like they just lost their drummer they just got back and and then their dad is a big supporter of us boris and uh he's like uh he's donated money to us he's uh he's given us that beautiful rug right there that used to be in his mom's house and uh but yeah the whole Alex D thing. We did an Alex D tribute show on his birthday, uh, like last year, not this past February, but the one before. And we had 13 musicians. We did a live at the Roslyn special with 13 musicians, all of Bright Righteous, uh, just like Mike Ehrenberg, uh, you know, just tons of people, Dave Gagnon from Mise on Scene. And just, it was awesome, man. Just like people just jamming tunes, telling stories about Alex D. Yeah. I mean, Bright Righteous for sure. Cause Kevin was in that band with, with him. He was their second lead singer. Right. So, and, uh, Attica riots was like the re- Rebirth of Inward Eye. I think, yeah, right? yeah. So, yeah. What's What's cool about Attica Riots is that we. I grew up watching Inward Eye because my buddy's band's from Transcona. My buddy's band was Girl Friday, and then another buddy's band called Young Lust back in the day, and. The, I would only know really the bands that they would play with. I'd go to the zoo to watch their shows all the time and stuff. Oh, no, uh, RIP the zoo. Yeah. And, uh, and like, I would just know the bands that they would play with. And Inward Eye was one of the bands, like, that coming up at the same time. And they always played together. So I watched Inward Eye a ton. And then a few years ago, I think it was Juno Fest, um, Attica Riots is opening for the Trues. I go to see the Trues at the, at the Met, and uh, and I didn't know Attica Riots, and I'm there for Attica Riots, and I was like, "Whoa, that's Inward Eye!" And then <laughs> yeah. they and they have a new singer, and then all of a sudden I was like just blown away because like the new like Bobby, yeah. I was like is pretty much like the singer. I was like, at, like Inward Eye got so far in their career, but then they never quite got anywhere, which is super interesting, you know. But they deserved it. They're so skillful. But then when you add Bobby into that equation with the same band, it's like that's another level now yeah exactly it's, it's always really weird when bands are able to do that uh that first inward iep um was such a banger and shame itself is such <laughs> a tight track and it was it was really depressing to see them not get over the top yeah and now with yeah with bobby like he just added an extra layer of depth to that band uh, bobby crazy. literally just like comes here often and uh he um he just sits down he always grabs a guitar like he'll always grab a guitar if one's around and when one's around and so here he'll grab one he'll be like yeah i just like wrote this this afternoon and he'll just like play this song and it'll be just like the most amazing song you've ever heard pretty much like every time and you're just like and you remember all the lyrics from this afternoon to that level like he's just a lyricist at heart and he just flows songs like he just has songs for days you know, you, you tapped on something. We brought up the um, the zoo. 
Yeah. And we, we've talked about this before of how there's a lot of venues like where bands would go to get their start and get out there, like the zoo, the, the Royal Albert and those. R.I.P. Uh, another <laughs> R.I.P. And how these places have faded that a place like this is kind of reviving a place to go and play and get their music out. Yeah, well, the the number one goal typically of bands is exposure. I think it starts with the fact you just want to have fun, drink beers, and play on the stage and possibly get some money. It's like, that's pretty damn cool. I'm going to go play the Zoo. I'm going to go play the Albert. That's pretty cool. Then when you get to a certain point in a band, now you're like, hey, I want to get somewhere. I want to be seen by people. And the key word is exposure. Everybody wants exposure. That's what you want as a musician. That's what you want an artist. You want people to hear your songs. You want people to see you play. Of course, you want to make some money, but a lot of a lot of bands, most bands don't make money. So it's really just that exposure. And what we're finding is that all these bands deserve to be seen. But from my perspective, if I do, have never heard of your band, then I might, I'm not going to know how good you are. And then you might be playing a show for $10 and I see a poster. I just look right by the poster because it fits in the sea of all the other posters I'm looking at. But if I've heard of your band, that's exposure aspect. If I've heard of your band, I'll be like, oh, I saw those guys before. They were on Live at the Roslyn. Now you're going to be more likely to actually go to that show. And that's what I really find is that what we're offering and what we're providing artists is exposure. We say to them, we're going to create this really high quality product that you can give to festivals, you can give to promoters, you can give to anybody. You want to go tour Europe? Take this because they want to see you play. They don't want to go to YouTube and find some shitty video. This is a legit live video of your band. There's nobody else has that. We're essentially giving like a live DVD of your band. Growing up, you used to, that's the way I got my live shows, right? I get a DVD and I'd be like, whoa, it's the full show of them live speaking and everything. It's real. It's talking. It's, it's like it's not fake, right? Yeah. But most artists in Manitoba, in Winnipeg, what I would find is I would go, I always, when I just saw a band playing and I was like, I want to go see live music tonight. I go on YouTube and I look them up. If there's no videos or anything, and like, hey, I go, I'll Google it. Mm -hmm. There's no audio. I go to the Facebook page. No Facebook page. Well, okay, you know. But it's it's really just giving those bands the exposure and just, uh, you know, I love going to the shows. So yeah. I don't want people with me. You gotta love bands too that when they play live, they have their sound. And if uh, they don't have a good sound, you're right. Why would you want to go and see them? Yeah. But if a band can be so true to that sound and not overproduced. Then yeah, that's I think that's what makes the live show is the band performing how totally. they perform live. And I mean, I still people want to go out, they want to go see live music and everything. But in today's day and age, we rely on the radio and on TV. So this is like a big reason why we do what we do. TV and radio don't play Winnipeg music. But I don't want to insult like UMFM, and I don't want to insult, you. Uh, you know, uh, U of W, and I and the, I don't want to insult any of them because they do CKUW. So they do play Winnipeg music, and they're great, they're fantastic. But we're talking about the masses. We're talking about like the the people that are controlling our minds, <laughs> the people that are like telling us what is cool, the people that are you know like the hit makers, the hit makers of the world, the radio and TV stations. They they're a Winnipeg radio TV station, but they're not. Like, I mean, sorry, 92 City FM and 97. And I'm not trashing them at all. They're not, they're not a Winnipeg radio station. They're, they're playing music from across the world. And they're, they're not bound to play Winnipeg music in any way. No, I mean, like the CRTC does require uh, all radio, Canadian radio stations to play 35%. I think it's 15%. I, well, 35 for us at UMFM. Yeah, that's yeah, so anywhere else. Like those major radio stations are like 10 or 15. That's not right. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. And Riley 
I was telling us earlier that that's Canadian, not Winnipeg. Yeah, no. I've had we, the, yeah. At, at UMFM, I know we're thirty-five percent Canadian and ten percent local. You guys play, yeah. You guys play like we have to. tons of tons and, of Canadian. And but it's I mean, like, the thing is, is that there are so many good local Winnipeg bands that we should be playing more than that. Yeah. Um, Why does it have to be the minimum? <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, one thing I did want to touch on is, is you mentioned that like exposure is such a big thing. Um, you know, I, I spend a vast majority of my time at work looking for stuff to play and it's just like a massive, like it is both easier and harder to get exposure now than it was, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago because you can just go and find someone's Bandcamp page or, you know, their stuff's on Apple or uh, Google or Spotify, you know, they'll have Facebook pages, but at the same time, like there's such a massive sea of stuff now that like you how how do you sort through that how do you cut through that and yeah. so like providing that you know like you can go and be like oh yeah no we have this band camp page but also check out this video that we did it live at the Roslyn and it it, it helps people like because now you that. see it yeah. now you and also too um, we've had a lot of people point out to us like we, we we never really looked at it this way but we had a lot of people point out to us that that um, um, live with the Rosins are being used on the resumes for bands to go on festivals and stuff like that and we're like wow that's really cool we've been told that on many avenues now like that's super awesome the way people are finding music or that way they want to see a live video and everything they want that good product um, but it's like uh, the way that people find music now you're right there's tons of it online there's tons however there's a lot of the artists that you find online they never come to winnipeg they're almost like a figment of your imagination like they're like i know there's somebody out there making this music but they're not real to me i can't shake their hand i can't you know go go you know see them live and and what's beautiful about it is that if you narrow your searches a little bit towards winnipeg and that's what we've done is we've narrowed it to winnipeg for us we focus on winnipeg although we are open to dealing with we've dealt with a couple people from outside of winnipeg i, I mean manitoba really it's manitoba but it's like we'll, we'll deal with other bands too but we just give that platform where people People can can know to come and just check it out. And if they've been on our show, they kind of know that, well, there's 700 bands around and there's only 25 bands per ep per season on Live at the Rosalind. If they got on Live at the Rosalind, they're probably a pretty good band. You know, it's so it's it's almost like gives that credibility a little bit too to some of the bands. And bands are utilizing that. We've heard that. They've been saying, you know, we've been on Live at the Rosalind and it's kind of cool. It's, not, it's such a nice Winnipeg touch to it just to give them that like... Not only is it not only are they getting the exposure, but it's like this is something that Winnipeg owns. You can't really take that away, and it's hard to duplicate because how often are you going to find another Roslyn out there? Totally. And my belief is is that um, I listen to the stuff on the radio that they that they make you listen to. Like, I mean, we can all admit that if you're again, we're talking like mainstream radio. You want to go and listen to those radio stations. They're they're pretty much forcing it into your ears. The same song multiple times at the most the best times of the day to, that people are listening they're kind of forcing you to idolize certain people not forcing you wrong word but they're you're idolizing people that are like kind of not real they're not and then when they come here it's three hundred dollars a ticket two hundred dollars a ticket a hundred dollars for upper deck it's kind of like and then it's fifty dollar t-shirts that cost them six dollars to make like it's the it's the it's the corporatism that goes with art and the corporatism that goes with art it gets really annoying after a while but then when you realize and that's when i think the revival in atacariots was really i always knew my buddies bands right and i only knew the bands that were on the power 97 class of every year the five bands yeah. Yeah. so i would i knew those five bands because i listened to the radio a ton so i would go to those five bands now the people playing with those bands i would know their bands that's how i would find out people 
now to your point people are finding it online you find tons of information online so how are you finding your music I relied on radio so I relied on radio before and it was always power 97 growing up and uh, now it's like people can go online and find this information like in a completely new way and it's it's really fascinating it means that bands got to be online and they got to be knowing their shit and doing you know doing what they need to do online with social media yeah exactly um, that's something that I've, I've dealt with the past in the past you know because I, I, I try to talk to as many local bands on on, on uh, when I can and, and it's it's something that you know when I when I talk to bands like the uglies and the sitcom and, and sitcom and uh, screaming at traffic late disappointment like that's something that they're like yeah we just want to make sure that we've got something out online like immediately and it's it's interesting how I find what it does to like the album cycle that you used to used to be right like yeah. every single uh, bands used to put out like albums every two years basically as and that's because I had to go physically pick up that album exactly and then it's like right? I'm not gonna do this ten times let's do one yeah but put ten songs on it right <laughs> but now now with like the the current release cycle right like you're getting loads of bands that are releasing like small little shorts EP after EP. or one song at a time yeah and that's you know I find that a little it's it's nice to always have constant con uh, content but it is also just a slight bit annoying yeah. times too, right? I'm like, nostalgic. I like to sit down with a full album, listen to it beginning to end. So yeah. So if you give me three songs, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I need more. Yeah. These are great. I love these songs, but I want more out of this, right? So yeah, like I, I, I don't want to, you know, if I'm going for a run or getting in my car, I don't want to put it on the, on the <laughs> iPod and be like, ah, oh, shit, I've got to find some place to stop so I can change it. Yeah, there's one song. Yeah, as opposed to just listening to the album. I separate just because I'm like, I'm such a sampler. I listen to radio stations, and I've just gotten really into the uh, online radio stations now. Yeah, just. Oh yeah, just give me everything and just give me like give me a taste. So, um, I've s- party pack. yeah. <laughs> I I would I'll sit down. I'll put YouTube on the background. So we we're talking earlier about um, not live with the Rosin, but your other station uh, or your other channel on YouTube, um, Sunroom Sessions. Yeah, I yeah. Think about that for a second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got there. You got that before um, I got it. <laughs> And it's the perfect way to just sit there and get such a dose of different, a different variety of bands and skill sets and sounds because I can't just pick one and yeah. like that. So it almost goes back to some, it's kind of like listening to the radio again because you're not just listening to one band, you're not listening to one album, you're yeah. getting everything across the board. Yeah. And that's where you really, when it comes to music, in my opinion, it's just the time and place you hear that song that really just clicks with you. Yeah, for me, what's uh, what's game-changing in every single way is Apple Music and Spotify. I don't have Spotify, so I can't speak for that, but I know it's similar and everything. But I have, app- when when I first, like, people would tell me about Apple Music, and I'd, I'd be like, what do you mean? Like, you have albums instantly. All you have to do is just click one button and you have the whole album, and it's $10 a month. Like, what? Like, I, I just thought it was just, like, unbelievable. And now, like, enough, like people in Winnipeg, like, they put it on you know, on Apple Music and Spotify, and they release the album, and I just search it, and I click one button, and I have the whole album laying in my bed that morning, and I just like, and you can put them into playlists. Yeah, yeah that was a mind blowing thing. Like, just like I couldn't believe that it's that easy because I was I was one of the last dinosaurs getting CDs. Like, you know, I'm sure there's still some out there, but like I, I haven't for a couple years yeah, now. We're yeah, age. so I. So we're we're still buying. I'm a couple years. I haven't for a couple years now. Oh, really? So yeah. So you're you're yeah you're definitely one. Yeah. But it, I love that and everything, and I like doing that. But it is the such ease a money saver. 
it's it's just like ten dollars a month. Yeah. I can I can like I I don't just want to go and spend fifteen dollars on an album I might I think I might like, but I'm gonna just click download if I think I might like it, and then I'm just gonna listen to it. If I don't like it, I didn't waste fifteen dollars. Okay. It's like you can have thousands upon thousands upon thousands of albums for freaking ten dollars a month, and it seems like I'm making a commercial for them now. But yeah. but here's, here's, so here's the thought is like Apple Music is up. <laughs> so for yeah, the local bands. Uh, I'm always curious what their cut is of that. Like, what are they? I know, I know, and I want to know that too because I know it's not going to be much. Yeah. You, when you go and sell your your CD for ten, fifteen, twenty dollars, compared to like putting it on Apple Music, you're probably not making money much money on Apple Music in any way. Uh, a band from Ontario the other day, and they said that uh, while like. It, it might seem that way. They're actually getting more money because there are more people. Like they're getting more cuts. Hopefully, it should be exponentially more, exposure, more. Right? Like, like you're not. For example, like a a, a a local small band in Ontario puts their music out there. I really like it. I'm listening to it. I wouldn't have picked up that CD totally ten years ago because I wouldn't have even known they existed. Yeah. So yeah, that's true. They're getting. It's they. A lot of them say it's really comparable to the the money that you you'd get otherwise. So yeah, I mean it, it could be. And I, what I just know is like. Now I don't I don't have a CD player. So for the last two years, I, I all my CDs oh, are on, on the mantle. Look at look at the CDs on the mantle. And we have like this huge collection of Winnipeg albums on the mantle. Those are all Winnipeg. So we love it and we're super like happy about it. So every time we go to our CD release parties, our album release parties and stuff, we pay our twenty dollars. You know, it's always more expensive to support them and the making of the album. We're like proud about it. We take our album and we put it on the mantle, and then I get it on Apple Music. So I have every one of those on Apple Music. I mean, not everyone, but and my and then you make a playlist on Apple Music. Like the amount of Winnipeg music that I have on Apple Music, all I listen to is Winnipeg music. I'm so far gone from listening to anything else outside of Winnipeg because I believe I'm blown away by the skill of Winnipeg musicians. I've got the same thing. I, and then I I, know, I I can call them my friends. I see them like at bars every day and I, and I go out and it's it's an amazing feeling to go out there and buy their t-shirt for 20 freaking dollars, like 20 bucks compared to 50 or 60. Like, man, I got so frustrated being like, I'm, I'm a fan obviously of big name bands and stuff, but like, I'm like, I'm down to like a few big name bands and I'm like so far gone from like the that the label the, the corporatist world that tells me who to listen to I'm just like I just want to support Winnipeg now I just there's so many great artists that deserve it oh you'll be proud of me I've got my nice big Winnipeg playlist on uh, Google Music because that's, nice. that's where I'm subscribed to now nice. and it's just beautiful my car rides everywhere it's so easy like it's easy and I get to listen to everything brand new like yeah. and it like the world that we live in right now like the way that you get music it's it's it it is actually brings a lot of people together because yeah I know there's a lot of options but I I don't know why I didn't know who Bros Landreth was even two years ago I have no clue why I, I can't explain it but like I don't know why I didn't know who Begonia was like the middle coast I didn't know and I'm like these are my favorite artists now and I'm just like it's so easy for me to like I like everybody on Facebook so that's my big thing is that I like I want my whole Facebook feed I take away all the negativity out of my Facebook feed I unfollow negative people like I don't have negativity in my feed and I only I like all the pages of the Winnipeg artists and everything I'm like I want to see their videos I want to see their I want to hear their songs I want to support them I want to say great job when they post something I think it's such a beautiful thing to have this like online platform where the music is at your fingertips people can create and share and and uh, and you just learn of so many amazing acts that way it's so cool the world we live in right now I mean like 
Yeah, I, I so agree. And on the Manitoba point too, I, looping it all the way back to radio is that there are so many great Winnipeg acts in all sorts of genres that like I don't see why they shouldn't there shouldn't be some radio stations just playing like only Winnipeg stuff. I, there, 100% I just of the time. there should just be exactly our punk scene. There should is just incredible. be one station that our says our scene is incredible. Yeah. our hard rock scene is nuts. We've got a super sick electronic have, scene like. Scene that, like, yeah, it's yeah, it's insanity. We've got that's what somebody's got to do, though. Folk music, and I'm impressed. I, I mean, that's a really good segue into like the Toba Rock Fest, right? Yeah, so let's, let's, talk, let's talk about the Toba Rock. I was gonna say before we get to that, is like we, we, uh, we, we've talked a few times about this, which is uh, venues disappeared and the scene was kind of quiet for a while, and all of a sudden, boom, it's alive again and with in different genres. And, uh, and it's alive in different ways. Sorry, it's alive in different ways, but I, I want to get your take on which, like, wh how you see it in your eyes. Well, what I find is that I find a lot of people online talk about how nobody goes to shows anymore and stuff. Like, there's all these online debates that I'm the guy who just sits back and I read them all and I'm not partaking because, like, I just feel like it's just not worth it in any way. But I'm interested to You're see right. what people think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm, in I'm very interested to see what people think. Like, so I want to read them all. I want to be aware of what people say. But the ones that are interesting to me are that nobody's out there supporting local music anymore and all that stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, I just don't even know where to begin. Like, I, I just think to myself, I want to type something out. But I'm like, I mean, some shows there's not going to be people at, right? Like, there's like how many venues in Winnipeg? Every week there's shows. There's, there's some venues that are seven days a week music. Some shows are going to be shit, and there's not going to be a lot of people. I played an open mic this winter with a band I was in, and when there's 10 people in the Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes there's five or ten. That doesn't mean that the the, the scene is dead. There's no. go to go to these shows of these. There's a there's a cream of the crop that have every show that they do is like near sellout or there's a lot of people there. Yeah. Like and it's fun out there. So I believe that the the scene is thriving. I think it's diverse. I think it's uh it's it's unified. It's becoming unified. Like now. I know the other scenes in Winnipeg. I used to only be stuck in my scene, and I find that super cool. I know these other scenes, and I can go and, and, and meet them and uh, support them, which is super awesome. Definitely, and I, I agree with you. Like, I, I go to seven-ish shows a month. I try to, at least. And uh, I think the only one over the past six months that was, like, dead dead was at the exact same time of one of the Vegas Jets games. Yeah, so, and, like, and I mean... <laughs> You, you, there, there's a, there's Jazz Fest on these last couple of weeks, and then there's Canada Day has all this stuff going on. There's so much going on that, of course, every show is not going to have hundreds of people. But if there's thirty people or forty people or fifty people, it's not the end of the world. Like it's still a show, and it's still it's still all good. But that doesn't mean the scene is dead. You know, that's the last thing that that means. It's cool. A few last few shows I've been to. Uh, whether it's at La Garage or the park or wherever it may be, I always see somebody wearing a Village Idiot shirt or something. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'll sh shout out to all them. It's it's one of those, and it's the Combat Kids Jet shirt. Those are the two. That's awesome. Ooh, so we should get a Village Idiots Jet shirt. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yep. there we go. We're talking about, you know, Kevin was, Kevin's was kevin been talking about getting like a Canadian flag implemented into Village Idiots, and I'm just like, I just, I just like, I don't want that at all. And like, but Winnipeg Jets, we're diehard Winnipeg Jets fans, so yeah. we'd be in. But I mean, enough about uh, that. Let's talk about Toba Rock Fest. Let's talk about the Toba Rock Fest. There you go. Nice segue. <laughs> go Jets. So let's talk about how it came to be, who's on the list, 
Uh, well, there's there's a few different guys that have created it. So we're we're essentially just signed on as like a promotional partner. So the guys that all the credit goes to um, for creating it, they're doing all the hard work. They're like they're the guys running this festival are Ryan Sorensen, Evan Chandler, and CJ Loner. So they've put this all together. They've they've done a lot, lot of hard work. And they're all in local bands, right? They're all in local bands. Yeah, shout out to Disraeli Dreamers, Northern Royals, and uh, the Bloodshots. And uh, they came to us with this idea. Um, we had a meeting with them. They were well put together in terms of their thoughts and like they were planning it out really well well in advance and it's 10 minutes outside the north perimeter yeah the north perimeter in uh, st andrews there's a sweet uh i think they they have a festival out there fall jam or something like that um that they uh, put on out there and i think ryan went to that festival and saw the potential and uh and i he just had the opportunity to get jet set satellite reunion and uh kind of based it around jet set satellite reunion a Connelline crush was originally talked about was going to do it and then uh they uh, that fell through and then we got bright righteous they signed us on and we're like just get bright righteous like yeah. hell yeah you know get like a wicked band like jet set satellite and then one of the, the like the biggest current hard rock bands bright righteous and then uh man like moontan soul hound silence kid uh north like those three bands northern royals israeli dreamers the bloodshots are on there too exo murda uh it's gonna be those an guys absolute, are so good it's just like it's them. nine bands and i hope i named them all if i miss any i apologize but uh it's nine bands of like uh of like you know the best winnipeg bands and or some of the best winnipeg bands all on one bill and kudos to them it's on august 11th uh it's only 40 bucks to go to so it's like music from like pretty much like noon to midnight type thing it's a full day festival um and uh, you go to tobarockfest.com to buy tickets I think they have them at like Into the Music and at the Merchant Selkirk. Shout out to those guys. And uh, they have them at a few different places at Quest Music. And but yeah, it's going to be a killer time for sure. Jet Set Satellite's been 10 years, I think. Yeah, and that's what I was... That's what I was going to say. If you think about it, right? Like if a Jet Set reunion tour happened and they came back and were just playing a show at the Burt, you'd be paying 40 bucks for that anyway. So get in on that and see all these super awesome local bands too because they super deserve it. Like I love the Disraeli Dreamers and Exo Merta is incredible. Those guys, yeah. are, they have such a cool aesthetic. Like yeah. they go up there in white, white shirts, black pants and like red suspenders yeah. and they just kill it their drummer singer is the drummer from bright righteous too yes. so he's got to pull double duty that day double duty but yeah they're, they're, so they're killer they're such so a good, good sound yeah you know, the funny thing about this is people have been complaining for a long time we don't have enough outdoor events well we got folk fest coming up we got um whole, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a whole bunch of other great uh live shows that happen now this one yeah. So, Jazz, oh, man. Thou shall Jazz Fest, Fringe up. Fest, Jazz Fest. Osborne Street Fest. So, like Osborne we're doing, we have we have third, like we have the main stage here, the Village Idiots. So we have thirteen bands playing the main stage. It's called the Village Idiots stage this year, and oh, uh, and so like we programmed it, we're managing it, and I mean it's so much free music, and like the Forks is awesome every single year. Um, go see Mise on Scene at the Forks this year because they're playing with Symphony Orchestra. So like on the main stage right before the fireworks. So like that's gonna be super cool. But yeah, man, there's tons. But then even like. There's like Rainbow Trout Music Festival. There's Harvest Moon. There's uh, Hood Owl Festival, which is taking place at the same place Shine On is. Shine On, uh, and it's uh, um, at the same same place, but just by new people, and we're we're kind of involved in that too. And that's gonna be super cool. But yeah, like uh, Icelandic Festival, Rock in the Fields. <laughs> Isn't it, isn't it like absolutely crazy though? Like when you hit Winnipeg summers or like Manitoba summers, it's unbelievable. Like I I miss tons of awesome shows in the summer tons like there's more festivals in manitoba than i can even like every little town has their own festival morton 
I'm hearing the prairie wind or whatever. Like I hear all like the there's a there's one uh, like a fire something fest, fire and water festival fire, in oh yeah, Lac like on August long. That's like I hear of all these festivals I didn't even know of yeah. for for bands and artists though. Like reach out to these rural towns and get in on those. Like check them out. They're cheap and yeah. it's like it's a weekend. They're cheap. It's like eighty bucks for a whole weekend of good food trucks. Food trucks, not always. And beer and beer. They have I mean, food trucks are really really good. I've got an idea for a food truck. I'll save that for a different time. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like outdoor music festivals are awesome. I remember one of my like most defining, like I, obviously I was really into music as a kid and, and growing up, but like my most defining like moment where I knew that I wanted to be really involved in the music industry was Canada Day. Uh, and I was 16 years old and I was walking through Osborne uh, during Canada Day. And... Um, uh, Kids on Fire, which was made up of like parts of of, of subsidy dwellers, was playing a oh, show yeah. right outside of, uh, of of Music Trader, nice, uh, and which is now into the music. And uh, I I was just like blown away by like, oh man, these guys are just playing like a free show in front of everyone. That's so like punk rock. That's so dope. Isn't it so cool, man? Yeah. Like like the Osborne Street Fest has like four stages of music, like all pretty much simultaneously. Yeah. But it's so big. Like JD Edwards band is playing at Sioux Soul. That was just announced, and they are like absolutely killer. If you've never seen JD Edwards band, they are like one of my favorite bands. And like uh, and then the uh, Wild Planet has their own stage. Yeah, they do. I and, saw a couple and, bands. And then uh, and then Toad plays people on the outside there and it's like I don't know that I don't know into the music I don't think that stage is there anymore but like yeah same thing man I agree I would just come here and I'd be blown away like you thousands like, of people if you're, I mean is this going to go up before Canada today it better okay uh, <laughs> uh, pressure yeah, if, we'll cut this after or they will if uh, it doesn't exactly yeah <laughs> uh, so basically yeah um, if, if you have the chance on Canada today to get down to any place uh, I would recommend to getting down to here to check out everything that's going on music-wise because it's it's gonna blow your mind. Yeah, the atmosphere is insanity. Like there's people just hanging out a window, yeah. just chilling out. People invite people into their houses to just hang out and yeah. chill. I'm serious, it's great. There's thousands of people, like thousands of like there's like seventy thousand people or something like that that come to through. Catch food. Yeah. There's all kinds of good deals. Street set up for for different type of merchants and the best music that Winnipeg has to offer all day. That's probably the only street that gets shut down on Canada Day. I think so. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah, and it's so it's like for me it was always between here and the Forks. Like I would always like Manitoba. Music Music does a great job of putting on great bands at the Forks. A lot of my friends' bands play there, and like you know, wicked bands. And here, though, it's like yeah, between and it's it's only a twenty-minute walk. So I would always do both, man. Like come down here, walk up and down it a bit. The schedules are so great. Like Wild Planet has wicked bands playing too. I'm blown away. Like obviously, I want everyone to come come to our stage, but yeah, soak it all in. Go go support all these bands. Go look up all the schedules online, like for all these different venues and places, and check these bands out. It's like our own little mini Winnipeg Warp tour. Yeah, so, exactly. and it's free. It's isn't it crazy that you're getting all this for free? Yeah. Holy shit! Like all these bands are playing for free. I think actually, Screaming at Traffic, the Jacques from Screaming at Traffic, who's like the the runner, I guess, or whatever you want to call it, the the focal point from Counterintuitive right now. He's he's planning on doing something next year. I don't want to spoil too much, but I think he's planning on a punk rock fest. 
like a prairie punk. Do you know one thing that sucks for us, like talking about live with the Roslyn, going back to that, is that bands like Screaming at Traffic and just like an exorbitant amount of awesome hard rock punk bands, metal bands, it's just like we're still in a living room here and it's like we don't, like we've always asked bands to somewhat strip down and everything and we can't really have heavy drums like nonstop doing this. Oh, and and Stefan is an absolute madman. We've had like, we've had those guys reach out to us and like lots of those bands and you know, I love hard music so like I've always been into hard rock and like metal and but I love a very eclectic mix and there's no disrespect to those guys but it's actually really cool is that somebody called Red Tie Productions um, Clint from there was on our show with his band Wrecking So he loved the idea so much and he created something for hard bands for hard rock bands called Red Tie Live and we've done three episodes with them actually we're just helping them out kind of like you know and he was actually very like he was like you know when he created he's like are we stealing your idea and stepping on your toes I'm like yeah you're stealing our idea but you're not stepping on our toes it's a great great way to do it you know because like we like bands like that like they need that's the one thing that kind of sucks for harder rock bands that they're not getting the, the, the that exposure my same thing I say about the bands that we have on Live at the Roslyn I really wish we can feature them more we just don't have a platform really where we can feature the harder bands like we'll get we'll get evicted eventually you know <laughs> so like we're uh, it sucks that we can't have bands like that on yeah totally um but you are doing a really good thing and you're doing it an, an incredibly good job at that really good thing. So <laughs> Thanks. keep doing what you're doing. Like don't Appreciate that. don't change it. Yeah, when you're saying lines like uh, people are putting played live at the Rosalind on their resume, you know. It's crazy. Like that was surreal to hear. Somebody told me Ashley Benyers from Af- uh, Winnipeg Music Project, who's at 101.5. She like shout she out. like reached out and yeah, shout out to her. She's awesome. She does a great great service for local musicians. But I remember her pointing out that. Uh, um, that like bands did that at some seminar she was at and I was like holy shit and it was like for trying to get on European tours and everything and I, was, I thought that was so cool I was like because it makes sense you know we're giving them this high quality product we tell them to use it we, we love it yeah um, so it's awesome. Did you want to talk about the sunroom sessions at all? Like, oh yeah, when it comes when it came down to the sunroom sessions, we had like 200 bands reach out to us for live at the Roslyn. We want to support everybody in Winnipeg. We're really just trying to do a service for Winnipeg artists and musicians. We don't want to discriminate in any way. We want to involve as many people as we can, and it was our way of just hammering out as many singer-songwriters in our sunroom as we possibly could. Last summer we did 34. We did 3 every single Wednesday, and then we released them on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays uh, throughout like September through like August, September, October, leading up to live at the Roslyn. And it was so great to, to, to have so many different artists that, you know, a lot of the artists didn't have bands yet. They're brand new. They just have a few songs, but they have so much skill and talent. Like, so you can't do them live at the Roslyn, like a full episode based just on them. That's, you know, but we were able to do those sunroom sessions. You just go to our YouTube channel. The YouTube channel is the best way. Just we have everything on there, even live at the Roslyn's. And uh, you check out so many amazing musicians. Obviously, like us on Facebook, too. They're all there, too, all the videos. But it was so cool to have all those those people just playing. Because Raw was the initial idea for Live at the Roslyn was all acoustic. We never planned to ever have drums in our living room. The first band showed up with a drum set. And we were like, uh, it's supposed to be John Bays or, or freaking Cajones. Like, what is this? And then we're like, okay, let's just go with it. Then we never got a noise complaint. And then we just said, okay, let's just have drums. <laughs> but yeah, I love, I love stripped down acoustic. I mean, I, I agree with you so much. There's so many 
cool bands that have done acoustic stuff yeah. that it, hard you know, rock bands yeah. like I want the hard rock bands to re like to do acoustic versions like they have Guitar Center has like tons on YouTube and like oh. really hard rock bands that do like wicked versions of their songs yeah. so that's what we wanted and unfortunately we wouldn't get that like I guess it takes a lot of effort and time to put into it but yeah any band who wants to do that like we're we're into that. We want to see that. And like, there's just something special that you got. You have a perfect atmosphere set for sunroom sessions. That's outside. You've got a beautiful room for it. And I don't know. I it's basically everything I've ever kind of like thought about when I wanted to start this podcast. I'm like, I want to see something really just unique from the Winnipeg music scene something really just like personal and you created it in your bloody living room yeah. and your spare room so it's still surreal thank um, you <laughs> uh question uh, like you've mentioned before that that all these bands are requesting to come in here and do this and that like is there one band that is like on your bucket list to have play uh probably bros landreth it's bros landreth in begonia those are the two. Those are the two that, like, hopefully for season three, uh, we will make happen. We've, you know, had contact with them. Like, I've met them a few times now, and it's, uh, it's, Invite you know, me to those shows, please. Yeah. I, mean, I well, I haven't seen Begonia since the Royal Canoe, and oh man. I just saw her the other day uh, um, at the Forks. She was the surprise artist at Pride Day, so she played a full free set there. That's Talk right. about more free music, and then after that. We went. We were at the King's Head Pub every Sunday, and uh, we had uh, we had Curtis Newton. Um, we're not doing the King's Head Pub anymore, though. We did thirteen in a row. Like we did like a residency there, and we had Curtis Newton and friends playing, uh, and uh, and we called it like the Pride After Party. And then uh, Dave and Joey from Bros Landreth showed up, and then they went up and played like four songs, which was super cool. We called we we went live on it, and it's on our Facebook page. But that was awesome. And then so I was of course in their ear a little bit, and like not not drunkenly bugging them, but I was like, yeah, we're gonna get you guys live with the Rosalind. Dave actually came to our William Prince episode. Him and his wife came to. The the episode so they saw it up front and close and person they, they're aware of what it is and um but yeah i, I want bros landreth and begonia they're just like two of my favorites yeah you, you just kind of quickly shut that one down that i was about to ask you about the king's head revival oh yeah 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 How yeah yeah so we did that was uh that was just something that they uh king said um was the main sponsor of live at the roslyn for our last about 13 episodes so then they wanted to they used to have sunday nights with all the king's men, all the king's men yeah, and uh yeah. and it was super awesome and everything and they wanted to like revive it they wanted our help so it was like a we did like a 12 week kind of like a um we guaranteed 12 weeks together and then we just like we it was like five different bands but it was like rotating of a few different bands and uh and it was just a matter of just like throwing a party and trying to revive that get people back there on sunday nights and everything and uh and yeah so we're gonna start probably back up after the summer we just all agreed yeah we all agreed we were like doing it all summer there's so much going on yeah. in the summer and like they're them over there at the king said they're super busy with tons of stuff going on uh world, same world thing right now yeah oh world cup like they and they're they're working crazy hours and us too we just have so many things going on we're like it's hard to do every single sunday like when you have tons of other options <laughs> so it's hard to put on shows on on uh during the summer that's for sure well that place was always my go-to especially i was going I to college yeah and i went to college around the corner so it was like every friday it was like go to the king's head sundays we would go watch all the kings nice so i'm really glad that you guys have brought that back out they have a new owner now the other owner i think had some health issues and that's new owner chris 
uh, is is great to deal with. Like awesome. The, the team there's so good. Like they have such great employees there. And uh, Chris, yeah, Chris has supported us so much. And uh, they're just they have such a great team of people there. I love the Kings that that venue, the music up top there, huge spot. Like it's wicked, wicked sound. It's, I love it there. Well, hopefully I'll get to check you out at some point in time. Yeah. Hopefully we all can. Um, yeah, is there anything else that you wanted to bang out before we, we head on to like our, our plugs and wrap-ups? Not really. I mean, I just want to make sure that everyone knows. Like, Go check us out on Facebook and everything. If, you ever, if you're in a band and you want to be on our show, just like reach out to us. We'll always respond. And then, of course, shout out to Joey Senf, who does our videography and our photography. She's amazing. Kevin Ripe, who's out on the golf course right now. He would have loved to be here, but uh, you know, he, uh, he, uh, you know, he loves doing these things as well. He just knows I talk so much. That's, that's the first thing he'd say. He wouldn't get a word in anyway. And, uh, and uh, shout out to Mike Osakoya and uh, Captain Morgan Coates. Ka- Mike is our other photographer, photographer, videographer, and then Captain Morgan was our sound guy, but he's moved to uh, Toronto now. Well, for those who weren't here, I guess, you know what? We're just going to have to come back and do this again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, you just, you have another one with Kevin. Yeah, it's funny. It's uh, obviously like when, <laughs> when it comes down to this stuff, I'm definitely the talker and I'll keep going with it and everything. And uh, so like, it's hard for him to get a, a word in edgewise. We're going to have to get more mics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, just have Kevin on his own and lock me in a room somewhere and just <laughs> let him do one. Right on. Uh, Alex, you got anything else? Are you good? Uh, no, just say thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us in live at the Ros- at your place. This has been an amazing time and looking forward to seeing the next season come out, seeing more episodes of uh, Sessions in the Sunroom and being such a great supporter. This is why we started Straight to Amp because we are all just so in love with the Winnipeg music scene. We believe in it so much and all we want to do is just give it that fucking exposure. That's awesome. So, <laughs> some fucking exposure. Oh, shit. All right, I got one I'm last insulted. question. Yeah. I always ask it of whoever I interview. It is the hardest question of all time. Are you prepared? I am. Is a hot dog a sandwich and why or why not? Is it a sandwich? Yes. Uh... I don't know. I'd say I'd say no. I'd say I really don't care. But (laughs) but then (laughs) that'd be my first thought. Uh, But then my second thought, if if I had to say, I'd be like, ah, no, because people don't call it a sandwich. Okay, that's fair. If they called it a sandwich, then I think we only have one person say that it is a sandwich so far. Yeah. Yeah. I could argue. I could argue for the case that it is a sandwich. If you want me to. I mean, but. like, no. I've I've had people. <laughs> I've had people argue before through different channels. Yeah, it's got C- bread. I'm sure C- that's what they say. CJ Ramon made a pretty convincing argument that it was. But, yeah. <laughs> Last episode, we had twins say two different things. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Um, yeah. So Riley of the Village Idiots, uh, helping out with Toba Rock Fest, obviously uh, live at the Roslyn. Thank you so much for joining us here on Straight to Amp. Um, we really appreciate your time, your effort, all your awesome answers. <laughs> You've uh, it's, it's been really fun to hang out with you here for about an hour. So thanks so much, man. Right on. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate cool. it. See you later, guys. Hey,